Why don't we pray before we get started? Father, thank you so much, Jesus, for uh, just what you're doing on this campus, Lord. God, from the church to the school to every ministry throughout the week, whether it be CR or youth and um, all those things, God, we are so thankful that this is an active campus, God, that you are moving in every age group, Father, in all the families, God, that come. We, we specifically right now lift up every family of our school. Jesus, for those that you have brought here, God, they may have come for education or for a safer environment, God, but you've brought them here to meet you, to fix things. So, God, we lift up those families to you right now, God, and I pray, Jesus, that if they don't have a church home, that they would find a home here. They would find refuge here. They would find you here in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Lord. Be with us right now as we, as we discuss your word, as we discuss your truths. And, God, I pray, Jesus, for freedom this morning, for, for again, lightening our load, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So, you know, a lot of y'all know me pretty well, but there's one aspect of my life that I don't really think too many people know about. Maybe Jesse's probably the only person that truly understands the weight of what I'm about to tell you, a confession that I'm about to make about my life. And that is that I have zero, zero sense of direction. I, I, I can't, and I think a lot of it is because I grew up at the beach, and I work at the beach, I went to school at the beach, so it went, when you're always on this island, you don't really need a sense of direction as long as you know where the ocean is, right? It's like, there's, okay, there's the, that's east, and that, that, I'm good. But, you know, I don't have to go to Zimbabwe to, to lose, you know, direct, I, I just need to cross the ditch. You get me on San Pablo or Hodges and turn me in a circle, I have no, I don't know where I'm at, I'm sorry, I'm lost. Totally lost. Right? I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I, I just never know where I'm at. Um, we, something you do know about myself and our family, we love Disney World. Jesse and I have been married for about 11 years. In those 11 years, we've probably been to Disney between 25 and 30 times, and that's like kind of on the safe side. You know, it probably, and I'm not exaggerating, it's probably more than that. Our oldest daughter is about to turn seven. I have no idea how many times she's been. It could be about 20. It's a very good chance that she's been to Disney close to, so we are, we, we frequent it a lot. Okay, so the last time that we went, which I think was in May or June, um, we're going to this hotel, we're on property, on Disney property, again, somewhere we've been a gazillion times, and we're looking for this hotel, and if you're not familiar with Disney, when you get on property, there's signs everywhere. I mean, signs everywhere, pointing you at all sorts of different places, including hotels. Well, with my amazing sense of direction. While looking for our hotel, we ended up at Epcot. I don't know how in the world you can ever try and find a hotel and end up at Epcot, but we did. And I was like, how, how did this happen? We've been here a million times. This is crazy. We, I, I'm in, uh, I lead a, a running group that meets every Saturday, and the name of our group, this is, again, not a joke, is called Get Lost because I'm in charge, and I get us lost every single week. Last week, we, were, uh, we met over in Mandarin, somewhere I'm super familiar with, and there was like a gazillion turns on the route that we were given. I mean, like at least 40, and we were looking at the map, and the, the over-under bet that was going on, again, not kidding, to how many times we were going to get lost with me leading was 10 and a half. Ten and a half times is what they thought. We actually only got lost four times, and that was like, they threw me a parade. Like, great job! Four times! Look at you only getting us lost four times! You're so good. A lot of times when we get lost, it's because 
we don't want to take the time to figure things out. We don't want to pull over on the side of the road. If you're old school like Mr. Larry, consult your map. Or look at your phone and figure out what's going on. The GPS says go this way, but it's not making sense. We don't want to pull over and just stop and figure things out. We think that if we're going, then we're eventually going to find it. But a lot of times when we're going, where we're going is the opposite of where we're supposed to be going. But because we're moving, we think it's okay. We just don't want to stop. We don't want to stop. So we're just going to keep going until we end up at a theme park when we're trying to get to a hotel. Right? And so really what it is, is our impatience leads us to wandering. Our impatience in the moment leads us to wander. And so today, as we talk about trusting the journey, I want to consider that. And it's funny because two Fridays ago, the first Friday of the first week of school, um, we were picking up the girls. It was all four of us in the car. and We were leaving here and we were going to pick up our other vehicle that was getting some routine work done on it. And it was over the ditch on, off uh, Beach Boulevard. And so we're in, the turn, we're in the turn lane, the left turn lane at the five-way right here on Florida and Penman. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Right up the road. And that left turn lane um, can be a little iffy sometimes. If you don't catch the light, you might be sitting there for a few minutes. Just depends on the day. And l- let me preface this story by saying this. We were in absolutely no hurry whatsoever. We had nowhere to be, all right? Nowhere to be. And so I get in the left turn lane to make a uh, left on a Penman, and... I didn't catch the light. It turns red, and I'm, I'm sitting there fuming for, I have no idea why, no reason whatsoever, except that I just wanted to get there. This was going to be about, it should, about a 10-minute drive, right? And so in my impatience, I look to my right, and there's no cars coming next to me, so I switch lanes. I think, I'm just going to cross, I'm going to take uh, Atlantic over to San Pablo Road, get right on Beach Boulevard, wham, bam, no problem, I'll be there just like that. Watch, this is going to be awesome. You know, real fast, again, no hurry whatsoever. Well, I didn't take into account that this was the first week of school, that I was going to be driving through not one, but two school zones, both of which were insanely busy. It ended up taking us between 30 and 40 minutes to get where we were going when it should have taken us about 10, all because I did not want to wait for a traffic light to turn green. My impatience led me to wander and eventually have to repent a little bit too, if I'm being honest with you. Let me just say this on a sidebar. It's amazing how two months of summer can make people completely forget how to operate in a school zone. It's just, it's amazing. By week, like nine, they're fine. But week one, it's a circus. And I found myself in that circus all because I was impatient and didn't just want to wait. And so that that caused me to have a much longer drive than should have been. And as we begin our discussion this morning on trusting the journey, I want to just say this right off the bat. We need to understand this as we continue to talk this morning. The journey that you are on, listen, this is, this is big. The journey that you are on is not your journey. In other words, you don't own this journey that you are on. You do not possess it. God created you. God created your journey. It is his journey that he has customized for you, but in the end, it is his journey, not yours. We get in trouble when we take this journey, when we take this path, and we say, this is mine. 
And now because it's mine, it is now my responsibility and up to me to figure out how to get from point A to point B. And I'm, I don't know about you, but every time that I take that stance in anything, when I put it on me, I get lost real quick. I get lost real quick. But when we follow the Lord in the journey that he has laid out for us, the journey that is his and not ours, the journey that he possesses, not us, we will never get lost, ever. Not one time, if we follow after God, will we ever, ever, ever get lost. We might have to sit at the traffic light for a little bit. We might have to wait for the light to turn green. But if we sit there and wait for him, he will lead us because it's his journey that he has made for us. And so before we go any further, we need to understand that. We need to understand that it's his and not ours. Deuteronomy 5.32 says this. So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. So a couple things there. The first one right off the bat is a warning. Be careful, okay? When we're following after the Lord, the first thing we need to do is be careful because before we know it, even if we didn't mean to, we can find ourselves off the path that he has made for us. Maybe it's because you did get impatient. You say, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. This isn't really working out. I'm smarter than God, right? Which is a laughable statement, but if, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we look back on our life, we've made that claim before. God, this is taking too long. I'm going to switch lanes because I know a better way. I know a faster way, and here's the, here's the real one. I know an easier way. That's what we try and say, and so we get off. We need to be careful that we don't take ownership of something that is not ours. Second we do, we get lost. The second thing in here, after it says, do not turn aside to the right or to the left, is this walk in obedience. Walk in obedience. We had a student here a few years ago that was a, he was a senior and was obviously about to graduate and had this big decision to make. He had been offered, um, well, he, was, he, was, he had planned to go to this one school and everybody in his family went to this school. He grew up in his mind planning to go to this school. I mean, that was like the legacy. And then he got offered by the rival school an amazing opportunity. I mean, amazing. That, only, that is only offered to like maybe 100 students in the entire country, something like that. But something that was just ridiculous to turn down. And you might think, well, like, you know, big deal. It's just rivalry sports, whatever. It, it was so much more than that. It was so much more than that because all of his life, he was going this direction. In his mind, it was about going here. This was the destination. Everybody in my family did it. This is what I'm working towards. I'm studying hard so I can get here. And then at the last moment, God says, no, I want you to go here. All of his life. And so we're praying for him to make this decision. And as we were praying, I thought, you know what? No. The decision's already been made because the path was already laid out. So his job in that moment wasn't, try, wasn't to try and make a decision. It was to be obedient. 
It was to be brave enough to be obedient to the path that he had laid out. Because again, as we were praying, I knew, he already knew. He already knew what he needed to do. And it's, it was like, he just, he just needed that step of faith, that, that courage to do what different than what he had thought he was always going to do. And so I have to ask ourselves and myself this, are we walking in obedience and doing the thing that God's called us to do that is his path when all the while we thought this was our path? And that can be a hard moment. But again, we need to understand that when we walk in obedience, we won't get lost. God has a path laid out already for you. It's not about making the right decision. The decision has been made. The decision has been made. The question is, will you walk in it? Will you walk in the obedience? And I will say this, since doing that, he hasn't regretted the decision once, not even one time, to do what God called him to do. It was the best decision he ever made. Never thought twice about it. And I guarantee you that your testimony will be the exact same thing. It goes on to say, after we walk in obedience, it says, to all that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. The land that you will possess, not that you might possess, not that you could possess, not that you could possibly possess, but that you will possess. There's that promise. If we are careful if we walk in obedience, and if we understand that this is God's plan for us and not my plan that I made myself, then we will possess the land. We will possess the land. Our lives will be prolonged. Some things we need to understand about all this. Psalms 119, starting in verse 129. David writes, Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. God's statutes, his laws, his commands on us are wonderful. They're not mean. They're not antagonistic. They're wonderful. And we need to understand that when we get to that crossroads, when we get to that place where we want to leave the lane because we're tired of waiting and we think for a second that we know a better way, we need to understand that no, his ways are wonderful. And if he has me here waiting at the light, it is for a reason. It is for a reason. Maybe there's a wreck up the road that he's trying to clear before we get there, Right? Yeah, maybe there's a few school zones that he doesn't want to get us caught in. But if he has you waiting, it is for a reason. And the reason is a wonderful one. You might not understand it then, but it's a wonderful one. And that leads me to my next point. I love this wording in here um, where it says, God's word gives understanding to the simple. Because you know what the simple is? Me. I'm the simple. We are all the simple. But as we continue to trust God in this journey that he has laid out for us, as we continue to walk through it and we stay in his word and we stay in obedience with him, he begins to reveal his purpose. He, re he begins to give us an understanding. By a show of hands, I, I want to ask for your hands this morning. Um, 
Has there ever been a time in your life where you walked through something that was confusing to you, but by the time you got through it, you looked back and said, oh, that's why God did that. Anyone? Okay, pretty much everybody in here. It's right. We might not understand it, but that is not a reason not to do it. That's an excuse not to do it, but it's not a reason. And those are two very different things. But as we continue to go through the journey, God will give us understanding of why he does what he does. And lastly, it says that David asked, direct my footsteps according to your word. According to your word. Direct me according to your word. There's, there's a surrender there. As I read that passage, it's like there's a submission. David's saying, hey, it's you, it's not me. You direct me according to your words, according to what you have for me. Not what I bring to the table, because here's the thing. If we ask him to, to direct us according to our words, it is going to be so much less than what he had for us. Because again, we dream a simple way. God dreams a big and awesome way. A big and an awesome way. Psalms 104 verse, uh, sorry, 107 verses 4 through 7. It says, some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. So we see here the difference in these few verses. When it's up to us, we wander. But when we turn to God, he directs our steps, and he gets us where we're trying to go. And so whether you're in the turn lane waiting for the light to change or you've, gone, you've gotten in the other lane and you've gone your own way, here's the thing. God can direct you back. On that day that, we, we, uh, that I'm talking about when we switched lanes, we still got to where we were going. We still got to the destination. It just took a little bit longer than it should have. It was a little more stressful than it should have. But that's because I took it into my own hands, Right? And here's the, here's the funny thing about this journey that we are on that is God's and not ours. What we need to understand about the journey that we are on is that the sole purpose of this journey is not about us having this amazing life. The sole purpose of the journey that we are on is to give God glory and exalt him and everything about it. And this is what's so amazing. When we understand that, and we begin to exalt God, the byproduct of that is us having a fulfilling life. But if our only motivation on our journey is to fulfill ourselves and glorify ourselves, then we are going to end up wandering in the desert. Because if you try and accomplish something on your own, I, I can only speak for myself, but when I try and accomplish something on my own, and I do, you know who I'm giving the credit to? Me. I'm talking about me. And we were designed to talk about our Heavenly Father. We were designed to praise God and not ourselves. So this journey that we're on that is His and not ours is designed to exalt Him. And I could say this again. We could probably raise our hands again. That have you ever gotten to a place in your life where someone asks, man, how did you get here? And you say, only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God am I here right now. Because this journey that I've been on, I, there's no way I can take credit for it myself. It has to be God. So anything that I would try and take credit for would be a bold-faced lie. And honestly, that's where I want to be. I want to be to a place where the only explanation for how I got to where I am is God's mercy and grace and plan for my life. And that is what comes out of my mouth. If you ever find yourself saying, well, you know, I did this and I did that, you know, be careful. 
Because this journey that we are on is about him and not us, but in his love for us, he blesses us in it. That is, an, that is such an awesome part of who God is, that when we exalt him, when we praise him, when we, when we brag on him, we get blessed back. But uh, we have to understand that is the sole purpose of the journey. That is because, again, it's his and not ours. Something else about this journey is, though it is unique to us, it is unique to you specifically, the journey that God has laid out for you, does not mean that you walk it alone. One of my favorite stories in the Bible that I think is such a microcosm of the church, and it's, it's not in the verses here, is uh, when Moses is looking over the Israelites in battle, and he realizes that when his arms are raised to God, the Israelites are winning, and when, he's, and when his arms lower, they start to lose. So what does he do? He, he lifts his arms so that they'll win. But what happens with anyone in that situation? You get tired and your arms start to fall. And so no one looked at Moses and said, well, I guess you ran out of strength, so we're going to lose today and everyone's going to die because it's totally up to him as our leader to accomplish what has been said before him. It's not what happened. Instead, Aaron and Hur come up beside him and they lift his arms for him. When he can't do it, even though it's his to do, when he can't do it, he has help come alongside him. That is the body. That is the church. We've been talking about that the last couple weeks. Unity, being one together, linking arms, not being the church and the school, but being church and school, being one group where we, we walk alongside one another. It's not just about this person or that person. That's why in September, on September 8th and September 15th, we are going to have sign-ups for impact groups. Our new session is starting September 18th. That is what impact groups are all about. It's about walking next to each other and lifting each other's arms up. It's, we do this because we believe it. I, I had someone come up to me a few weeks ago and say, I'm not interested in coming to another service where I have to look at the back of someone's head. And I said, amen to that. We need, to, we need to look at each other and walk with each other and be each other's person that lifts their arms. A great way to do that is impact groups. So sign up when that comes in a few weeks, September 8th and 15th, and we will plug you in, and I'm telling you, you will not regret it. This, this is a quick little story, a little, little sidebar. Uh, Patrick O'Grady, he's not here this morning, but he and I grew up here at Beaches Chapel uh, together in the youth ministry. It was Patrick, me, Nathan Moore, and Dan Walgamuth. The four of us hung out all the time. And then as life went on, after we got out of high school, even though we still went here, we kind of went adrift. And it wasn't until we were in the same impact group again that Patrick and I formed another friendship, something that we had already had. We never left the church. We saw each other on Sundays, but it wasn't real again until we joined an impact group. We're supposed to be together. So again, that's my little soapbox for this morning. But make sure that you join because this walk that you're on, this journey that you are on, though it's specific to you, is not meant for you to walk it by yourself. And if you do, you're going to get tired and you got to be careful because usually when we're tired, we make the wrong mistakes. I want to close with this so the band can come back up. Deuteronomy 31.1. And this is the story. Moses is talking to the Israelites, the the transfer is about to happen in leadership between him to Joshua. And this is what he says. And this is so awesome and so inspiring and so cool. Starting in verse 1, chapter 31. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. 
I am now 120 years old and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Let's stand up as we close this morning. God goes before you in everything that you do. In everything that you do, God goes before you. Why? Because it's his journey. And he loves you. He's not going to leave you. And he's going to take care of the enemy. He's going to take care of the enemy. So when he calls you to go into the land where there are giants... Go, go. When he calls you to walk on water, go. When he calls you to be still and know that he is God, then be still and know that he is God. But don't in your impatience or in your panic, switch lanes because now you think you can do it better or because of doubt or worry or fear or anxiety. The path has been laid out for each one of you. I I really believe there's some of y'all that need to hear this this morning. The path has already been laid out. It's not up to you to figure it out. It's already there. It's a yellow brick road of righteousness that God wants to lead you down. It's there. What you have to do is be obedient and trust the journey because the journey is God. It's a path to him. Are you willing to do that?